so Tom can hear what topics we're going to be covering. We're live. Hi. Okay. Hello, everybody. Tim, are you saying something? We're live. We're live. Tom, are you with us? Yeah. Okay. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today for another live episode of The Blind View. Today, so far, we have Tim and Tom joining us, and we'll see what happens. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing okay. It's a sunny day, 41 degrees. And if you hear a dog snoring, that's my dog. She's got her head on my lap. So she's passed out. My dog's right here under my desk. I was just sharing my lunch with her. <laughs> but it's having a pretty good day so far. That's good. How well, are you have... doing, Rebecca? Oh, I'm good. Um, I'm really good. Have you smoked any of your grass sweaty. in your backyard yet? What? Have you smoked any of your grass in your backyard yet? I'm not growing that kind of grass in my backyard. Oh, I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's been so cold most days. I mean, it's beautiful today, but now today I've, I've been getting ready for my show. Um, but most days have been cloudy and rainy, so I haven't been really able to spend much time on the grass to see how it's growing or anything, but it's probably growing quite a bit. Um, once the weather warms up, it'll be better and I can go out there and hang out with the dogs and stuff on the grass occasionally. Um, so, um, Tom, how are you doing? How's your weather? Uh, a bit chilly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Now that we're done discussing everybody's weather, does anybody else have anything else on the agenda before I get to our show topics? Let's dive right in. Okay, great. So I wanted, there's a few things I want to talk about. Um, I'm really concerned by some of the moves that um, President Joe Biden is making now that he's in office. Um, things he's doing that will have great long-lasting impacts across our country and throughout our time, you know, and it will greatly impact our families and stuff. Um, he has decided to dissolve and terminate the Keystone Pipeline that was bringing oil all the way from Canada down into Wisconsin um, or going back up. I'm not really sure which one, but I know it was providing lots of jobs for Americans, I believe it was tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of jobs. And they were lost overnight like that when Joe Biden, um, with a stroke of the pen, d demolished the Keystone Pipeline. And so all those jobs were devastated. And that will also impact our energy costs here in America. And um, so I just wanted to discuss with our viewers a little bit about the Keystone Pipeline. and. Um, 
some other stuff that we were going to talk about is what's going on with the border wall that President Trump was in the process of building down on the southern border to keep us safe, to or keep us safer um, from uh, people coming across the southern border who want to hurt us or take advantage of us or our resources. And so Joe Biden is also taking down the wall to make us more um, vulnerable to stuff from the southern border. Um, and um, does anybody else have any comments they want to add while I'm talking about all this stuff? Well, the fact he's also shut down uh, uh, oil and uh, natural gas before uh, in New Mexico, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so New Mexico, that's where they get their uh, money for their education system. It's through all the uh, natural uh, oil and the gas that they've got. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now they don't know what the, how they're going to do their education system now. So it's costing jobs and plus education funds in New Mexico. He's also shut down uh, public and private fracking. Mm -hmm. So, and I've already seen notice. I've been noticing already just in the grocery store, just since he's been in office, the price of groceries has gone up. Uh, I'm walking out with less and paying more. Uh, gas right now is like 228, 230 here in Atlanta, where like a month ago was a dollar 81. Uh, it's the uh, he has destroyed almost a hundred thousand jobs in one week, and he was just flipping about it because the media asked him what people are supposed to do, and they said go get you another job. Well, you just can't just go out and get another job, not paying that well. Uh, and there's not enough jobs out there to do that. It's not as easy as what Joe Biden's saying. Yeah, well, even during normal normal circumstances, it wouldn't be easy peasy for anybody to do that. But right now, look what's going on. We're in a pandemic, and now we don't know for sure if, if or when we'll ever be allowed to open up completely so people can go back to work and start making a living. You know, it's really unfair all the stuff the government's doing to people to to eliminate our ability to take care of ourselves and to become productive people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he's destroying sections. That oil that we are not going to be pumping to come here now will be pipelined over to the west coast of Canada and China will now get that oil. And so all that does is help China. And everything he has done has helped China. China has control over Joe Biden. They've got something on him. And I don't call him the president. I call him the administrator. Uh, he will never be my president because like everybody knows that this election was stolen. And that is a true fact. And don't let nobody tell you that it wasn't. We had two stolen elections here in Georgia, and I can prove oh. it to you. So okay. Joe yeah. Biden is a complete babbling idiot that when about a year from now, he'll be shitting in his adult diaper. You know, this is the first time I think I've ever said the words President Joe Biden. And well, I don't want I don't want to ever hear you call him president ever again because he is I'm not a president. He is not I'm my president. It's just, it seems weird to say it because, because he's such a puppet. 
<laughs> Even if he had been legitimately elected, he doesn't have the wherewithal to make any you know, cognitive decisions to run the country. So he can't be our president. He can't be our commander in chief, our leader. Well, that's why that's why he's signing everything into law because he can't get anything through Congress. He has to do it. Dictator. This is a dictator. He's done thirty three uh, executive orders, the most any president's ever done in the first week to week and a half of his presidency, and he is being a dictator. And you, these people in America, do not know what a real dictator looks like. Look at what's up there now. Look how he's talking. And that is what a true dictator looks like. And once they get power, they will never really winch, never uh, relinch it. Yeah, and once, once I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna take him out ASAP. And once he's out of there, and they all move up a slot in the rankings, AOC is gonna be moving up also, and she's the one who wants to make a list of Trump supporters so she can take us out. Since They're, when in America are we supposed to be taken out because of the way we vote or because of the way we think or the way we believe? They want us a sponge from society. And they truly mean that. When a Democrat tells you what they believe, believe them because that's what they are. Uh, and we're, we all are on. We already can see the changes, what's going on in America. And we will start feeling the pinch of this here very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's already people out there that's got buyer's remorse with this piece of shit. And that's what he is. He's a piece of shit. <clears throat> I, I really think people need to do some studying, some in-depth digging and find out the truth about what's going on here in their government and stuff and start voting differently, start using their noggins before they cast their votes. Well, now they've got that H1 uh, bill in the House of Representatives that will give universal mail-in balloting uh, throughout the country. They don't want any matching of signatures. They don't want any ID anymore. And that is on the House for going to be voted on within the next two weeks. And that right there, if that is passed and signed into law, will change our elections forever, and there will never be a Republican anything anymore. And people do not, you do not want to be ruled by a one-party system, because once that happens, your freedoms are taken away. And just look at California. California is the most perfect example of how one party rule goes. California is a it's $180 billion in deficit right now. And it's a disaster. No wonder they can't really recover from those wildfires. Now, guys, listen. Eventually, they're going to run out of everybody else's money. And when that happens, nobody's going to have anything. And it's at that point that we are all going to have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and take everything that we know and all our abilities that we have 
and be and become the strong Americans that we know we are and rebuild our country and come back from this because I know we can. Well, once it starts really hitting the fan, what's going to happen is all the rich people are going to leave this country. And then what's left when all the rich people, all those hated rich people, once the rich people live, leave this country, we're done. Because poor people do not create jobs. Poor people are the ones who work for rich people, and that's just a fact. Without rich people, this country will not survive. Somebody with money has to be around to pay people to work. That's right. I mean, there's not enough rich people in this country to pay us, get us out of debt. There's, they always use the, the, uh, the uh, poor versus rich mentality every four years. They make you hate the people that, that they tell you are lording over you. Nope. They always talk about corporations not paying enough taxes. Corporations don't pay taxes. We do. And all the goods and products that you buy, you pay their taxes because they figured that was into the cost and Americans pay for that, not corporations. So when they raise corporations rate to 28%, they're not worried about it because they'll just raise the price of their McDonald's hamburger. Um, I want to take a moment to talk to our viewers about the the Washington seminar that the FB does every year is coming up, uh, I believe next week. And I, I'm sure they're doing it all virtually. So I invite our viewers to go on nfb.org and get information. And I did get an email the other day with a link in it. I think when, when Gino posts this video after the fact, I think he'll be able to post it with that video, with that link in the video. So our viewers can just click on that link and go look at the Washington seminar information. So you guys will be able to click on um, whatever Zoom links or whatever the NFB has provided. So you guys can take part in that. I really encourage our viewers to watch the Washington seminar because it's really fascinating the different sorts of um, issues the NFB takes up, you know, in their legislative um, legislative leaning. I'm going to be there. I've signed up with it for the state of Georgia. So I'll be talking to our uh, state senators and congressmen. Well, great. So do you know what day is next week? Is it then? I haven't looked at, I haven't, I don't, I don't know the exact date right now. Cause I got to go look at it. I know it is next week, but um, uh, we're going to be talking about issues like uh, affordable accessibility, like software for your computer. The, uh, they make it affordable. You don't, they, the government doesn't reimburse you for buying the computer, but they help reimburse you uh, for the, uh, you know, the jaws and stuff like that. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. The, they won't I help you. The NFB has been working on making accessible software more affordable. And they've been working on this thing they call the Teach Act to make access to education more accessible to blind people. So um, they're doing a lot of good stuff that way to make stuff more accessible. I really appreciate that about the NFB. And they're uh, trying to do other things. Um, Isn't there something having to do with guide dogs? Is there a bill? No, but I'm, I'm going to work on for that for next year. I think that if you got a guide dog, you should be able to take a tax credit of $500 at least a year mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the, the dog is an expense. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're a dog, but they're also <clears throat> a medical device. And yeah, her, I, know, 
her upkeep and feeding her every year, every every day, and taking her to the vet and all the medications because she's got to be well taken care of. And sometimes that can be a little hefty price. So I think that we should try to get at least a $500 tax credit every year as long as the guide dog is in work, is working. I agree. And because I know, like, you have you have to pay for, like, an annual vet exam. Um, you have to pay for any shots or any special medications or any special foods the dog might need. Yeah, they're just not an ordinary dog. So I'm going to talk to somebody about that and see if we can get the legislation to go on that. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I don't think any more than $500 a year, because I think you should be responsible for some of the dog. Right. Uh, but I think you should at least get a $500 tax credit on your taxes. And you should, so should you have to be able to provide receipts showing that you spent that $500? Uh, oh, so it could be I, up to $500? Up to $500. Or I, I, I don't know. I have to talk to somebody about that. I think that what they should do is, is a straight amount of $500. Because I can guarantee you, I spend about a thousand, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars on Glacier every year, uh, just for the upkeep. So I think I should be able to write some of that off, uh, at least you know, third of it or forty percent of it. And uh, I think that that it would be a good thing. Wouldn't that be right, Glacier? Uh, she heard me calling her name, but uh, I think that's a good idea. So we're going to see if we can get something like that going through the legislation. Oh, it's a really good idea, Tim. I, I think it's a grand idea. And I think other guide dog users and service dog users would agree. And they're also push, pushing a legislative that uh, all these uh, medical devices that you get, maybe like a therm like a thermometer or a, a uh, something that takes your blood pressure, that all those equipment's got to be accessible because a lot of the stuff now coming out is not accessible at all. And, I know uh, they need to make them so they're they're accessible at the top. I agree. Yeah, with you. they should be able to talk. So they're trying to mm -hmm. they're trying to get that uh, kind of uh, bill going in. And this stuff won't happen overnight. It'll take about three to four years after it's passed for it to become law. So they you know, give those Tim, corporations that much time to get the stuff out there. You know, Tim, there is no reason that we need to buy any electronics even off the shelves in the department stores that aren't accessible every one of these electronic devices should be accessible to us all these stereos and all these other electronic equipments that the sighted world uses every day it makes me angry that we're shut out of them well that's just the fact of the the, the of the beast and uh, we're not thought of i mean we all should be happy that apple does so much with the iPhone and uh, I think Google should do more than what they do yeah. and uh, I think Google is allowed to slide a little bit because they're a big uh, uh, sponsor of the NFD mm -hmm. and so they get away with a little bit more than Apple does so mm -hmm. I think Apple should be uh, congratulated on taking care of the, the blind community I think Apple's done more for for the blind community than any uh, uh, technology company out there. Yeah. I mean, your Apple Watch has got voiceover on it. Not many watches can do that. So right. uh, it makes everything that Apple touches is accessible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, th there's some good things that's coming down the pipeline if it's passed on. But the... Uh, I don't believe in everything that the NFB says. 
uh, I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker. So uh, oh, there are yeah. some things, there's some things they do that I'm not happy with, but there's no such thing as a perfect organization. Tim, are you still using your NFB straight tape? No, I, everything's guide dog. Everything's guide dog. Okay. So, but you have a cane that you have for emergencies, right? I've got uh, my fold-up cane. I, it goes with me whenever I go out in case I need it for a backup. So your folding cane, is an Ambitech folding cane or is it an NFP folding cane? Uh, it, I got it off of Amazon. Okay, so it's an Amazon folding. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know Amazon makes folding canes. I honestly, I'm kidding. I know you can go on Amazon and order canes, but you know, it's, as someone who's been a cane user for a long, long time, I'm very picky about who made this cane. What is it made out of? Is it you know be able to withstand the demands I'm going to put upon it? Because I've had some canes over the years literally fall apart in my hand, right? And it's really frustrating and frightening as a blind woman when you're out there, you know, on the highways and the byways, and your cane literally falls apart in your hand, and you're suddenly blind and helpless. Well, you never know when you got your guide dog. Something can happen to your guide dog, and you need that extra. So, um, Rebecca, what Tom? I had a cane that kind of fell apart on me. Can you tell us the story? I would, I would on my way to and yeah, ONM class from gym class. When I picked up my cane, I noticed that the, the string inside was broken. So I had the. Was it a folding cane? Yeah. Uh-huh. Guess what brand it was. Was it Ambitech or an NFB? Lighting a Lighting cane. Lighting cane. Lighting. R I D E N. R I D E N. Lighting. Okay, I haven't heard of them. No. R I D E N. Lighting. Okay. Ryden, yeah. I've never heard of that one either. Of course, I when I went, when I went, when I went to Leader Dog for the blind for my O&M training, they told me that I had the wrong size cane, so they gave me a new one. Mm -hmm. uh, so I donated my old cane to Leader Dog, so they they shipped those off to foreign countries to help other people on other parts of the you know world. So uh, they got got me finally got me the right size cane. So how, how long was your cane, Tim? Uh, I can't not remember. 12, 12, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14. Maybe 50, 52 inches, 54 inches, something like that. So was that what? Five it was two. They said it was two inches too long. I've never had a woman tell me my thing was too long by two inches before. So, <laughs> oh, God. So uh, I know where, where that's going. <laughs> So they gave me a new cane, and uh, I still have it today. <laughs> okay. And so, did your new cane have a marshmallow on the end of it, or a ball? Yeah, I've got the uh, rolling marsh the rolling marshmallow tip on it. Okay. I don't like the acoustic. I don't like the acoustic one. I like the acoustic on the cane. I don't like the tapping. I don't like the tap. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was using uh, Ambutech canes, I really 
and I had like a heavy marshmallow or a heavy ball on the end, I would literally just let it roll and roll it back and forth. It wasn't until I started using my NFB straight cane that I learned how to really use a tap tap method and make it make sense, you know, make it work well. So. Yeah, I just don't like to make that much noise, I guess. I don't know. I've got a, a ceramic tip, but uh, I can see some, but I'm not. Uh, you have a ceramic tip? Yeah, I've got a ceramic tip, and I've got the marshmallow tip. <laughs> so what does the ceramic tip do? Doesn't that break it's a little ball. It's a little ball on the uh, tip of it's just a, it's and it's made out of ceramic. It's uh, oh. it pings when you when you tap. Oh, it does. Does it roll or does it just stay? Special? No, it don't. It don't. It don't roll. It just you use it as a tapper. Okay, so does it crack? Is it that's ceramic? I mean, do you have to be careful? No, it, it, it's pretty strong. Okay. That's interesting. Um, Tom, do you have any fun cane stories? Uh, not really. Oh my gosh, you guys. I remember when I was going to blind immersion training up in Minneapolis and I had to go to the airport or was it down here? I think it was down here in Arizona. And I had to go to the airport um, with my sleep shade on and my cane and use the escalator. And I never used escalators when I could see as a child. And in Montana where I lived before I moved here, the, the only escalator was in this store I never ever went to. So I literally had never used escalators before. And so the first time I was really getting on an escalator, um, I was doing it with a blindfold on and it was really scary. And my mobility instructor made, when he found out I was scared of escalators, he, he made me do this, you know, and it was like, it was like it, he got, kicks and giggles out of my trauma, it felt like, because that was my assignment every day was to go to uh, the Macy's store. And it was down here in Phoenix. Yeah, I had to go to the Macy's store and ride the escalator over and over again with my sleep shade on. And th there was like a bank of escalators, right? So it was like, go down one, then go up the next one and then reverse it, right? And it was yeah. like, go to Macy's and I want you to do this for an hour and a half and then come back, right? Yeah. You guys, I was so traumatized, but I got good at it. I overcame my fear of the escalator, but it was really, really scary. Yep. You know, well, you know Becca, what? Becca, it's probably time to take a comment break. Okay, yeah, let's take a break. Hey, everybody, great news. You can now get both of my books on Audible. My first book, Because You're Blind, is the story of how I went from that terrified little girl who woke up suddenly blind and brain injured at the age of 12 years old, and then years later was locked down under an illegal and corrupt guardianship in the state of Montana for 15 years. It's the story of how I defeated all of that and overcame all of that. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective, is how I used my own thinking to empower myself to change my life after all of that. 
And now today I am the founder and president of Blue Butterfly Enterprises, as well as host and creator of Becca's World on YouTube. And I have a lot of other great projects going on, but I just wanted to encourage you guys to check out the audible versions of my books because they're both good stories. And you can get, there's, I have some free downloads of each book available. If you email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com, I would be happy to send you a free download so you can check it out. Thank you so much for your time. And now back to the blind view. And we're back. Okay. Yeah, so the, only way to get over, the only way to get over your fears is keep on practicing up and down the escalators. Oh, yeah, but you know what else really helped me? Like, I was really scared that my foot was going to get caught under the escalator belt or something. Because, like, I had never really, I mean, I'd barely seen an escalator before I went blind, and I certainly didn't pay attention to them when I was a kid, right? So when I was, I think it was when I was at Savvy Services for the Blind, my own m instructor, he let me get down on my hands and knees and feel what the escalator looked like, right? So I actually knew what it looked like and I knew there were no gaping holes where my foot could get stuck, right? Yeah. That helped me a lot uh, overcome my fear of the escalator. And then, like I said, he made me go over there every single day for like our hour and a half class period and do that over and over and over again with a sleep shade on, so. Can you give, yeah, can I give you a tip, Rebecca? What's, what's that, Tom? If you're going up, tip your feet, tip your toes up so you don't tip over the edge. Oh, if you're going up? Okay. That's same thing if you're going down. Mm. Okay, thank you. Yep. Um, does anybody have any stories of things they over like a person that was scary at first? Um, well, when I went to leader dog to learn how to use a cane, one of the, the uh, things that I was impressed was by the end of the week, I walked outside in the dark by myself for the first time in my life. And, uh, Were you wearing I, a sleep shade, Tim? No, I didn't wear a sleep shade. They don't believe in that because they know I would be using my vision, what I had. So mm -hmm. no, I didn't do it, but it was totally dark out there. I couldn't see a thing. Oh. Uh, but uh, leader dog doesn't do the sleep shade thing. So, so when you walked out, you were were you with your guide dog at that point? No, this is when I went for O and M training the first time, and then when I did go get glacier, they we did another night walk, mm -hmm. and then, uh, and so I had the confidence then of, of the dog by that time. And when you got a guide dog that does everything for you, it's a pretty cool feeling that you don't have to worry about nothing anymore. So did you just have to do one nighttime walk? We did a night you... walk in our like uh, 14 or 13 days into our time there, a night walk. Uh -huh. And uh, I did that both when I went for O&M training for my cane uh -huh. and also when I went and got Glacier. Okay. So they, they give you that experience. Let you see what it's going to be like. Okay. And what, what Leader Dog does is they want you to come back in three or four or five years to get retrained again because people like that's been, that are totally blind, uh, 
they don't have the sight. So they learn and they remember. But see, I'm losing my sight. So I'm still using my vision. And as my vision gets worse, I may need to go back and get trained a little bit more to adapt to what I have now or what I have at that moment. See, and that makes sense, Tim. And that's why some other places, they actually promote the blind immersion training because then you were with well, no, many people are losing. I can see your point with that, but I'm still using what I got. And by the time I lose everything, I will have forgotten that training. So the best thing to do is as I get worse in my eyesight is to go back every five or six years and get trained, uh, retrained over again of what I have, because I'm always going to use my vision of what I've got. I'm not going to go outside with a sleep shade. Okay, Tim. You're probably right, my friend. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to close my eyes when I'm using my cane. Mm. So. But that's just my opinion. That's my opinion. I, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Yeah, you're right. And, um, so, Tim, what was the first thing you ever did with your cane or with Glacier that you had never even done when you were sighted? You know that you were really shocked. Well, the first thing I did with my cane was went to the NFE convention in uh, 2017. Okay. I, that was the first day I picked up my cane. I went to the airport. Okay. And I went to the convention and got around at the convention and uh, walked outside and did it things that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And that's why I'm glad I went to Leader Dog because I found out I was doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, don't, I don't have the resources here. And uh, so that's why I went to Leader Dog for the blind and uh, got the O&M training that I needed. That's wonderful that Leader Dog offers O&M training with a cane. I think there should be places that offer just O&M training. I mean, I know people can go to these NFB schools where they get everything, but some people don't want everything. Some people. I don't want. I don't want nine month commitment with the NFB. You you're there for nine. You're there for nine months, and yeah. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just. In one week, I learned how to use my cane. They so, gave Tim, me about 40 hours of training. Right. I was really fortunate. Before I bought my house here in Arizona, I did research on Arizona, and I found out that there's a few different blind training centers here in Arizona. So I was really fortunate that I was able to go to one in Phoenix, and it was really a great thing. So if you ever move, I suggest you move somewhere where you can get in on a training center. Well, if you can't, though, there's other resources. And if, like I said, Leader Dog's one of the, I think, only two schools in the country that, like I said, they pay for your, they pay, pay for everything, your flight, your food, you get three squares a day, and you, you live in a, 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 it's like a hotel room by yourself, so you don't share a room or anything. And you meet they, other people and stuff and interact yeah, with other people? Yeah. O&M training, they'll have uh, maybe four or five or six other people there. Or you might get lucky and get up there while there's some guide dog uh, people that are getting trained with the guide dogs. Because when I was there uh, for three weeks, three classes for O&M classes came through. So there's probably about, there were other people there trying to learn to use their cane. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that's 50, while you were using, learning to use your dog. 
Yeah, that's what when I was there for the first time, that's when I decided to go back and get me a guide dog because I saw what the dogs did for people. Uh-huh. So, and I want one of those. So that's what I did. Tim, that's great that you saw what needed to make you more, what you needed to make yourself more independent. You went and got it. I'm really proud of you, my friend. Well, yeah, because in like in four, about four, four or five months, uh, I'm going to take a, I'm going to go to, I've got to have an echocardiogram done. Well, I'm going to take an Uber lift. I got to go about 30, 40 miles. I'm going to do that by myself with my guide dog. I'm going to do that trip by myself. And uh, I couldn't have done that without the training that I got from Leader Dog. Mm. So do you have a, a decent cardiac medical facility near you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just, it's just a checkup. It's just to make sure everything's going right. An echocardiogram, you said? Yeah, they're just checking out my my stuff. It's something I got to do every two years because I'm getting old. So just 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 basically a checkup. Gotta make sure my heart keeps ticking. Has anybody heard the way it should? Hey, I'm sorry. Would you say, Tom? Tom, did you second? How you how? Ticking the way it should. Your heart's ticking the way it should. Good, my friend. That's awesome. Has anybody heard what's going on over in the Middle East? Um, I haven't heard anything about what's going on, but you know, President Trump had just put in place those or helped in whatever helped organize those peace agreements between the Muslim countries. Does anybody know the status on that? Yeah. Uh well. The, the, the blab, blabbering idiot uh, has basically started uh, talking to Hamas again over there. That's the people who wants to kill all the people, all the Jews. And uh, again, we're going to start sending money over to those, to those terrorists over there because that's what they are. They're terrorists. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to end up falling apart and there's going to end up being a war again. And uh, just like like every Democrat that's out there, they love war. Uh, Donald Trump was the only president in the past 20 or 30 years that hasn't gone to war for anything. We just killed Al-Qaeda. That's all we did. Now Al-Qaeda is starting to come back. They already blew up a building in Iraq, killed 30 or 40 people. So uh, now that we've got the Muslim ban, they call it the Muslim ban. But now since uh, those terrorists can fly over here now, we're going to start having terrorist killings here in America again, like we were when uh, Barack Obama, Hussein Obama was president. So all the good stuff, all the good times we had uh, eight, nine, ten years ago are coming back. So we all should be have that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Mm -hmm. Because Democrats are weak on defense and they're weak at the border. The, the only thing they're not weak about is taking away your rights and they're going to take your rights away. Yeah. Um, guys, I just want our audience to know we may very well be in for some really rough times here in the United States of America over the next couple of years. So people better brace. Um, but don't give up hope. Don't give up belief in, in what our country was founded upon. Uh, you can only you can only control what you can control, and um, actually, one of the most important persons to vote in your area is your local sheriff. 
Oh, if yeah. your sheriff is one who, uh, your sheriff controls the laws in your district. And if he really believes in the constitution, uh, you'll be able to keep your guns. If he doesn't believe in the constitution, like a Democrat does, then you'll most likely lose your gun. So and your sheriff, your sheriff has the power to stand up against the federal government to protect you. That's right. So your local sheriff, sheriff has your read the constitution and believes in the constitution and will enforce it. He can protect you even from the federal government. Your sheriff is one of the most important votes. Your Senate is too, but your sheriff in your local area is the most important vote you got. Yeah. So I vote. I don't vote Republican and I don't vote Democrat. I vote for the person who, who's the closest to my beliefs. If there was a Democrat out there that had the closest uh, views that I would do, I would vote Democrat. But 99.9999% of the time, there's no such thing. Uh, so it always ends up being a, a Republican. And sometimes I have to bite my tongue because sometimes I'm not happy with that Republican. So I always pick the lesser of the two evils. Mm-hmm. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to talk about? Mm. Well, we're supposed to find out here in the next uh, four or five weeks if we're going to have the NFP convention. Uh, I believe the March, the first uh, presidential in March, he's going to announce whether we're going to have it or not. I doubt seriously we are. Not even so, a virtual one? We'll have a virtual one. They believe that's a big success, which it is a success to a point. But mm-hmm. there's nothing like being more hands-on oh, I know. going to the well, convention. I'm glad to hear that they're still considering having the in-person convention. I was under the understanding they had already written it off as an impossibility. Well, it's supposed to be March 1st. That's when they're supposed to announce it. Um, I'd rather be more hands-on because I like the, the ability to get around blind people like me, people has got, who knows what it feels like to be blind and uh, get to have a good time with everybody and, and oh, other no. things. But uh, I'm, I'm sure any of our viewers who've been to an NFB convention agree with you 100%. I know I do. And I am quite anxious to have an in-person convention again because the virtual one is a big joke compared to the in-person. Well, I don't want to sit there for four hours on the phone call. I don't like doing that i can only last about an hour and i just don't like to uh so yes it was okay doing it virtually last year and probably again this year but after a while i want to get out there and go have some fun and interact with blind people and and learn more things about it because you learn from other blind people how they do things and and so we've all it's going to take something to get used to again when we all start getting back together again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a great feeling to get back to normal with the convention. Right. Well, I still might do something small here at Blue Bar Enterprises headquarters for a few friends, you know? Um, I mean, I've got the pool and I've got a few extra rooms and I can also put, always put a few people in a hotel <laughs> and we can barbecue and, how do you party. feel about nudity? <laughs> I got my so my neighbors can't see into my backyard on the one side, and the on the other side there's a balcony. But I don't think the neighbors in that house are really interested in looking. 
and I've got a pool and a jacuzzi, dude. So, I mean, if we wait till after dark, what's the big deal? We turn the pool lights on and, you know. <laughs> yeah, we could have a lot of fun if we just do like a little mini get together with maybe a dozen, two dozen blind friends. Most, I mean, most people have to stay out at local hotels, but we could congregate here, you know, and we could go do other things around town. What yeah. did I have to save up? Not Enough a for a plane ticket or no? What'd you say, Tom? If I come, would I have to buy a plane ticket? Yeah. Yeah, Tom, this is all still up in the air. So here was I, here's what I was thinking, Tim. So what we could do is I have a big screen TV in my living room, and I have a huge living room, right? So we could look at the at the convention agenda, and we could all vote on what events we wanted to take part in, and we could stream them onto the big screen in the living room, and we could, you know what I mean? And so we could maybe still even do part of the convention that week, or what, I mean, like I said, probably only three or four days I could really have people at my house, right? But you know, during that period of time, we could do some of the convention stuff, just streaming onto the big screen in the living room so everybody could watch, you know? I'm showing up on Saturday and leaving on set the following Saturday, seven days. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I even have, I mean, I could even put people in sleeping bags in the living room on the floor, right? But it just depends on what kind of accommodations people want. If they want anything too fancy, they'll just have to get a hotel room. And I, but I yeah. can't find nearest hotel for them and give them the information. Uh, but we'll, we should have a good time. I hope I hope the convention, I think they're going to do, once we start getting back to the convention, they're going to do both at the same time mm -hmm. for those people who can't come to the convention, oh, which yeah. is a good, I guess it's a good thing. So they, they want to increase the numbers. They really want the ACB to come back. They mm -hmm. want to merge those two organizations back together again. But uh, that will never happen. And I believe the ACB enjoys being uh, independent from the NFB. I wish I could find out how to become a member of the ACB. That group has eluded me. I Honestly, I really don't have much time to go pursue and after them anymore. But what I did, they were just so hard to find any information about. Have you gone to acb.org? Oh, maybe I should do that. That's what you need to do. There's all kinds of information on that website. Do you know how hard it's going to be to get involved now, though? Because I'm sure they're doing everything virtually, too. It would have been a well, lot they're easier. doing everything virtually, but when you go to an ACB convention, I believe it's like knocked down about 30 to 40 percent of the crowd at those conventions. It's not as big as the NFB. Maybe you might have a thousand people there. So, oh, okay. so it'd, be a, it'd be a smaller group. It would probably be easier to make connections. It'd probably be easier to make connections. You will have less people there and be a little bit less hectic. I'm not pulling people away from NFB and I'm not promoting ACB, but there, one year I was going to go to three days at the AC, ACB convention and then I was going to fly down to Orlando and do the other three days at the NFB convention. So I was going to do that, but uh, I had a, a, a hammer get thrown into my fan and busted my tail, so I didn't get to do that. What? So, um, I had a hammer thrown into my fan. It got Literally, derailed. You're huh? So somebody just derailed your plans is what you're saying. Well, yeah, I was going to, yeah, I don't want to get into what, what happened, but uh, oh, okay. it's, uh, uh, so we I ended up, I ended up going to the full convention down there in Orlando. Yeah, I think I remember that year. I remember you telling me about that. Um. 
So, yeah, and I, I'm going to look into becoming a member of the ACB at some point. Um, some people say it's better because it's less uh, Nazism, should oh, I say. Yeah. Well, I will, God bless the NFB, and I love the NFB for everything that they've given me over the years. But they are very militant in a lot of their beliefs. And their whole, it's our way or the highway thing. Is yeah. Ridiculous, you know? That's what I don't like about the NFB right there is the, mm -hmm. and that's what I don't agree with that. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard so many things when I first started the NFB that they truly don't like guide dogs and uh, they, did, they, they accept them, but they really rather for you to use a cane. And uh, I think it should be a person's choice. I don't want to be told what I should do or what I shouldn't do. I already got a problem with the government doing that. I don't need an organization telling me that. So they have now started, you know, past couple, two or three years, accepting the guide dogs a little bit more better. And now they're starting to talk about more about guide dogs and their legislation and um, stuff that they're trying to help with the trans. So they're realizing blind people want that, that dog. So they need to accept it too. So um and so they have done that so i give them kudos there yeah and another one of the initiatives that the nfb has been really big on for a long time is their braille initiatives and i am so i don't know i'm a horrible braille reader but i love braille because i love to read and i wish i had time to become a better braille reader but I just want to tell our viewers, the NFB is very pro-reading, and reading is fundamental. You have to be able to read in this world to do anything. And so if you don't already know Braille, if you're young, I, I really strongly recommend you go learn Braille because it will help you out in school and life. Yeah, learn it while you're young, because if you get older like me, it's almost impossible. So, yeah. Go, don't, don't hesitate. Go, go learn what you need to learn and uh, you'll be better off in the long if run. If you're young, don't start learning Braille. The, and Braille is something you can, if you, if your body changes a little bit, you'll be able to adapt to whatever you need. So uh, go learn that Braille. Yeah. Um. So does anybody have anything else they would like to add today before we wrap up the show or? I don't have anything. Tom, no. how about you? No. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything I want to remind our viewers of before I end the show. Um, I encourage our viewers to go check out my books. You can now get Because You're Blind and Changing My Perspective, both on print on demand from Audible. They're both available on Kindle download, download, and they're both available on Audible. Um, so I encourage our viewers to check them out and share them with your friends and family. Um, and please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Please tune in next time. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Peace out. Ciao. Ciao, everybody. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.